Queer Business Success, the podcast for LGBTQIA business owners, aspiring entrepreneurs, coaches, caregivers, and the allies who love our community. We tell the stories of why our businesses were formed, who we serve, our challenges and successes, and we offer sound advice to our fellow queer entrepreneurs. Our hope is to inspire, enlighten, and highlight the services that our LGBTQIA businesses and allies offer. If we can do this, so can you. We believe that we need more LGBTQIA business owners, not only for our community, but for a better world. Here's our host, Anne-Marie Zanza. Hey, welcome to another episode of Queer Business Success. I am so excited to welcome to the show today, Angela Gentile. She is an awesome ally and her pronouns are she, her. Angela, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and excited to chat. I'm excited to chat too. So tell me, Angela, what do you do? All right. Let's go. Let me take a breath and let's do this. Okay. Um, my name is Angela and I am a disruptor, a movement coach, a certified badass, and I run a movement community for trailblazing millennials that helps them shed those limiting beliefs that keep us stuck and really step forward into a life they want outside of the limiting norms, outside of the status quo, so they can really step forward into something that's powerful and aligned. So that is super interesting. So tell me what you mean by movement. It is actually a fitness class that is, <laughs> um, but it's not, so it has elements of yoga, right? It has that like yogic spirit to it, but it's not, it's sweating, it's hard, it's challenging. And we use a challenging workout to build um, embodiment practices of what does this feel like in your body? What are you letting go of? Cause that energy that we stuff down, that like deference that we tell ourselves that self gaslighting of like, no, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And we live that way and we stuff it down and it starts to manifest outside in our life as anxiety, as resentment, as feeling stuck. So what happens when you start moving that out intentionally of like, I'm letting this go through sweat, through movement. And you start looking at the ways that you're being challenged and the ways that you still like resist and play small and give into the narrative of, I can't, this sucks. I don't want to do this. And you back off. So how do you use that movement as a way to really show your resilience, show that you can do something badass? Cause listen, if we could do 30 seconds of burpees, <laughs> we can kind of do, we can kind of do anything. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. So how did you get into like the creative movement, the fitness aspect of coaching? Yeah. Well, I've always been an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, forever. Like I was never like a dainty type of gal who, you know, did mm-hmm. tea parties and stuff. Like I always wanted to move and I was very boisterous and big and nobody really knew what to do with me. So they're like, mm-hmm. let her run, let her go play soccer, let her go do the thing. So, and that was my dad. I always was an athlete because of my dad. That was the way that we connected through bike riding and, and all that stuff. Um, and then when I was in, God, it was eight years ago was in my early thirties and my father suddenly passed away and it, thank you. And and it was in that like on off switch of like before and after where Mm -hmm. I like no longer was willing to accept the life that I was living because it felt stifling. I felt like I was on like a rat race hamster wheel of just doing the things that I quote, I'm making air quotes right now, everybody that you should do. 
I should be a good girl. I should do these things. This is what, um, this is what my path should be as a woman. And I felt very trapped by that. And when my father died, suddenly I had this like awakening of this isn't it. This isn't it. If anything can happen just in the snap of a finger, blink of an eye, I was like, what the hell am I doing? This yeah. isn't it. So Angela, Angela, before Angela and I got on this uh, show today, I said, oh, don't worry. I'm not going to ask you any questions that are tough because this is the business <laughs> show, but she brought this up. And so, and in the writing of before she came on the show, she filled out an application. So I read the application and you said that your dad's death was a catalyst for this change. Mm-hmm. So that often happens in our later in life community. You know, sometimes people meet a person they fall in love and that's the catalyst for the change. Um, And sometimes it's an event. It's a life event. It's, you know, a parent dying, a child dying, they get sick, they get divorced, some sort of life event happens. Um, So my question for you is, although your dad, you connected with your dad over sports and all that stuff like that, was he a limiting factor in how your life should be led in the sense that, you know, his expectations, you said you were a teacher before. So his expectations were, you know, you have a nine to five job, you do this, you do that, you do this. And once he passed, you were able to redefine yourself at, in the way that you wanted to, not in the way. And, and, and also too saying this, that 99% of us are defined by how our parents want us to be, you know, there's Very no true. nefarious thing going on for most people, you know, yeah. mom and dad has expectations. They pass them on to us. Yeah. I mean, that's a really wonderful question. And I, I've never been asked that, but I think, um, the, the, the short answer is no, mm-hmm. not anything that was over. It's not like both of my parents who are divorced, you know, and living their separate lives have sat me down and pointed the finger and is like, mm-hmm. this is the only path suck it up. This is what you're going to do. I think as, I don't think most parents do that. No, yeah. I think it, you know, as I've grown and matured and, you know, living my life, I start to see like they were just doing the best they can with the limited tools they had with this mentality. And I think where I grew up was like very small town, very, you know, I'm the first in my family to do a lot of things. I'm the first and only woman to do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So I think where I stand in my vision for life, it just far supersedes conceptually where anybody could have gone. And that's no shade on my family. That's no shade on like yeah, where, absolutely where I grew up. It's, it's just the reality that like everyone has a, a, a limit or a point and some people can push through that point and some people value that growth mindset. And sometimes it's like, they just get to the edge and they say, this is as far as I'm going to go. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Right. And I think it was more of that. I think, you know, my family is very proud of me in the way that they can be proud of me, but I truly don't think that they understand what the hell I do. (laughs) Well, and also to be, be, because it's outside their understanding of the limits of anybody can do, you know, like people are used to like nine to five jobs or careers or something like that. It's Mm -hmm. just what they expect. Like, you know, like you and I both like, um, we don't have a, we were talking about not having a W2 before this, both of us don't get W2s. That would terrify some people, Angela, you know that, right? Not having that weekly check in coming in every week, you know, no matter how you feel, no matter what you do that week, you will still be getting that check. 
on Friday. Yes. And when you work for yourself, that is not, that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah. I think that's just a, you have to decide what sucks less for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What sucks less for me is hustling for my money and having that, you know, inconsistency in building than it to me, the nine to five just felt very trapping, very right. limiting. And I felt so I'm a big personality y'all. So <laughs> it's, it's hard. I have, I'm a, can I swear? Yes. Absolutely. I'm a shitty, I am a shitty employee. I'm a shitty employee. <laughs> I don't like to be told what to do. I don't like to know, like, ha, like be asking to go to the bathroom or take breaks or eat. I just leave me alone. Like I got it. I will do. I like to do what I want. So I'm a shitty employee, <laughs> hard worker, shitty employee. You know, there's a difference. Well, but. I've, yeah, like for me, I never liked the constraint. I mean, I've had lots of different jobs in my yeah. life. Yeah, I have, yeah. I just never liked the constraints of a job. I just never did. And really most of it, like, you know, like the, the thing that drove me crazy the most, the number one thing that drove me crazy was PTO and having to ask permission for to take time off that like I, and I understand why I understand that because they need to make sure someone's covering, you know, and I know all all those things, but personally for me to have to ask permission to go away for a week so I can be with my family or go do something fun that just sort of galled me at the core. Now I know that for some people, it's no big deal. It's just how life is and they're really okay with it. But it's a value set. Yeah. Absolutely. Just a value set. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I started to recognize like when my, when my dad passed away, that the value set that I was like enduring wasn't mine, but one that was bestowed on me. And me. I was like, yeah. all of these things are just what I told I should do. Right. Like I should get a job. I should find a husband. I should get married. I should have a kid. And then that's it. <laughs> like, like that was it. And I just, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. do it. It just didn't, Mm -hmm. it felt icky to me. And I think when he passed away, it's not that I felt like I had to throw a middle finger up to this. Oh no, absolutely not. It was more of like, I realized how brave I was. Cause if I could survive that, I was like, well, fuck it. I can quit my job and I can go into this entrepreneurial journey and I can start doing something that speaks to me and I feel connected to, and I can build, you know, that's really like where it all kind of. Yeah. And you know, it's really interesting. I was talking to somebody who started her own company after she came out later in life, like me. And um, we were talking about how it makes you absolutely fearless. <laughs> Once you've survived something like that, oh, well, yeah. I, I'll do do something different. And And it's also like the set of like, when you create a business, you know, once you've done that once, you've become fearless to create another one. Mm-hmm. It is, it is like that, once we have left our comfort zone, have yes. engaged our fear zone and survived, because a lot of times we don't think we're going to survive. But once we've moved through that fear zone, and then we come into the, you know, the zone of learning and, and knowledge, and then the zone of helping others, because that's ultimately the, you know, because it's a cyclical thing, yep, <laughs> um, yep, yep. you know, once we've done that, like once or done some really hard things, like, you know, losing a parent that you are, that you love dearly, it like a lot of times it just opens up the world and you say, yeah. okay, I can, I can, if I survive this, I can do anything. That's exactly what it was. I started to have like an emotional, physical, spiritual yard sale mm-hmm. 
anything that wasn't working. I was just like, okay, what's, what's happening? What is in my life right now? And I was like, you gotta go, you gotta go. This isn't it. And it, I mean, let me just be clear. It wasn't like I snapped my fingers and I just had a whole new life. This took, I think I'm still shedding yes. and still moving, but it yeah. it's when I decided to, like you're saying, go through something. And to me, I call it going through the tunnel. Mm-hmm. I was like naked and afraid going through the tunnel of my life alone and, and sussing this out. And I wasn't seeking counsel on anything from anybody. I was really just relying on myself to be like, what feels right to me and, and what feels good and what feels honest. And that will, that practice of doing that is something that I think is always part of the evolution of questioning, of getting curious, of that sort of conscious awareness around what you feel, what you need, what you want for your life and making sure that it stays in alignment and connected. Because I think if, you know, those symptoms of like not feeling right, feeling anxious, feeling angry, feeling resentful, shutting down, whatever the vices are that we're doing, sex, drugs, rock and roll, TV, Instagram, whatever, Mm -hmm. all of those things will sort of come up and give you just little taps and being like, hey, you might want to reel this back in and start having a conversation because you're off. And I think it was through that journey that helped me like connect to myself that I was like, I'm, I'm doing this process that I want to create in movement to help other people. So mm-hmm. that, that embodiment, that, that process of, I call it Zen rage heal, Zen, mm-hmm. get clear. What is it? What's happening? You come to a fitness class and you're like, I'm angry today. My boss said this, my partner said this, my kids, whatever it is that you feel is happening to you. You just Mm -hmm. sort of check that like, okay, this is what I'm bringing into the space. I'm ready to, that's what needs to go. I need to release that. And using your movement as a way to rage that out, let it go. Challenge yourself. Like you're not a victim of this circumstance. You are so much more powerful than the narrative that's keeping you here feeling powerless and in like the trunk of your own car. This movement is an opportunity for you to get back in the driver's seat. And then to heal is this guided meditation at the end of class to reflect of how does that feel? What do I now feel like in my body? What's now showing up? Is the thing that I brought in here still lingering? Or you're like, yeah, fuck that. I don't even, I'm not even there anymore. And I've made space in my body to claim something else that is true and honest for me so that I'm in control. So it's a little neuro-linguistic reprogramming that happens too. So what are some of the things you do with people for them to release um, difficult feelings? Because usually it is the, you know, I, there's this saying that there's five feelings in, our wor- in the world, mad, bad, sad, glad, and afraid. Yeah. So we're going to, I'm going to assume if they're, and I'm sure people walk in feeling glad sometime, but we're not going to, we're not going to focus on that. When people are having difficult feelings, what type of movements do you foster in your class? all like literally all kinds. And I think the movement that I want to be clear that people do is whatever feels right for you. I'll give you a workout that is physically designed to challenge your body in a, in a, you know, sequence and in an order that feels right for your muscle group so that it's safe. But if you come to class and what feels right to you to let this go and feels in alignment is to step touch to my, like to my dope playlist, that's Mm -hmm. totally fine. Um, And then you can hop in and you can challenge yourself with more explosive, um, harder, more complicated movements that require balance, that require endurance. So it's a HIIT workout, 
But again, you can take this as a strength class. You can take this as a cardio class. You can take this as a step touch dance class. So in terms of specific movements, not so much, not so much. It's a whole body physical experience with weights, with squats, with cardio, with core, with balance, you know? So mm -hmm. it's a, a remix and amalgamation of all things. So again, whatever feels right for you. So what is, so when you started to get this business going, mm -hmm. what was the hardest thing for you? Ooh, honestly, not following the rules. Because mm -hmm. I think when you're new and you're green, you're sort of looking at what other people are doing. And my whole brand is built around not doing that. following the rules. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. get that. Yeah, I so it, the it's rules a, either in no. building my brand, you know. <laughs> so there were times, and I think because it's it's you you get attached to the money, and you mm -hmm. get attached to that like baseline and and whatever that that success metric is, and we think it's money, we think it's followers, it's whatever. And when we do that, we compromise the integrity of what's real and honest to us. And for me, it was helping people. For me, it was like finding this tribe of people who are not in that space and who want more, who are hungry, who are big, you know? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think any time that I have felt that my business is like not where it needs to be, I've gotten checked and I've checked myself of like, oh, well, you're not doing what's honest. You're following what this person's doing because you saw it was successful for them. So it's, you know, stepping out of your own like imposter syndrome or whatever and, and quieting the noise of what's mm -hmm. happening outside of you and just having a moment where you say, well, what does this need to be for me? What feels right for the business? What feels right for the vision and the brand outside of what anybody thinks? So not only do I practice this in my personal life, like I have to, I practice this in my business too. Yeah, because you have to, because if you, you follow, if you get, and also too, if you get very anxious about what other people are doing, um, it takes your focus away from what you can be doing because you start focusing on, oh, I've got to do this because this person did this, or I've got to do this because that, that person did that. And actually it ends up putting yourself right back in that box, doesn't it? That's it. That's it. And you can yeah. feel it. Yeah. I know I can feel it. I can feel it right away where I'm like, why am I resentful? Why am I like short fused? Oh, because I'm not being honest to myself. I'm not honoring what my inner knowing, what my spirit is, is telling me is right. I'm forcing myself to play in somebody else's sandbox. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what are the biggest successes with your business? What has brought you the most joy? The community of people. Mm -hmm. I, this community of people is from all over the country mm -hmm. and they're, they've, and, and they've never met. Some mm -hmm. of them have never met each other but they talk on the Facebook group and they're so supportive and are friends and have built this reciprocal friendship of support through this virtual connection. And, and I think what makes it really cool is that everybody's different. And when you take away the, the looks and you take away you know, these defining factors or roles that we're playing in our life for other people mm -hmm. and the hobbies and we like, look under the hood a little bit and we find something deeper, there's a deeper connective thread within the community of like, I want more, I'm hungry. And I think that transcends, you know, color, creed, shape, size, whatever. Mm -hmm. So it, it fosters real connections that are not based in something superficial. So that I think is the biggest success. 
So what do your clients want more of? What am I what? Clients want more of. You said that they're the, the uniting thread between all your clients is that they all want more. Yeah. So define that. What does that mean? More freedom, more honesty. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that can look different in everybody's life, whether it's like quitting your job or like having harder conversations, setting better boundaries, ending certain relationships. But I think there's a more in, in, in claiming that more, there's there's an authenticity of your own truth that you can now go after and see because you're you're letting go, you're you're shedding some of that that baggage and and clutter. Mm-hmm. Like this doesn't work for me. And more is just, I think, aligned. You know, how do you so work with allowing? Oh, go ahead. How do you work with okay? So a lot of a lot of baggage with women is is attached to shame and guilt. Shame being, um, I'm not good enough. And well, um, guilt is I've done something wrong, or I've done something bad. How do you work with people around their shame? So that, yeah, so that exists. Yeah. Say more about that. We can't move through what we don't name. Right. Mm -hmm. So the Mm -hmm. first step in, in that is honoring and, and stating it, even just to yourself of like, I feel unlovable. Mm-hmm. I feel unworthy. Cause you have to now acknowledge that narrative and how that's showing up and being conscious of the way that that is repeating as a thread throughout your life before you can change it. How can you change what we're not acknowledging to be true in the first place? Right. So being able to provide a safe space to have that internal conversation mm-hmm. in, a, in a way and in a timeline that feels mm-hmm. safe and honest to somebody. I'm not forcing you. I'm not pushing mm-hmm. you. Neither is the community. You will do this in a way that feels good for you in your own time and in your own space. And you will get something out of every single class, every single opportunity in a way that works for you. There's no like one size fits all, you know? Mm-hmm. And some people even take that farther outside of the class and work one-on-one with me. Mm-hmm. And we do a lot of like coaching and, and embodiment work, neuro-linguistic stuff. So if you're ready to take that opportunity, it's there, but it's about working at your own pace. Yes. So what piece of advice would you give to somebody who says, Hmm, I think I could do this. What yeah, you can. yeah, you can. <laughs> you know what? I always tell people this, there's 8 billion people in the world. You know, a lot of times people are like, well, you know, Angela Gentile does this, so I can't do that. There's 8 billion freaking people in the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are loads of people looking for support and stuff like that. So what would you tell somebody who's thinking about, you know, going into what you're doing with physical work as well as emotional work? In terms of like what they, they want to build for their business? Yeah. Like in terms of, um, in what they want to build for their business, but also in terms of personal work they may want to do. I mean, I think sometimes those are one and the same, right? Yeah. <laughs> sometimes um, for some people, for some people. Yeah. I, I think, well, when you're running a business, I think sometimes it's, you have to detach from your initial outcome and right. what you think you want your business to be, because as you get into this, like neck deep, you're like, oh, this is actually what it is. And I have changed and I have had multiple things happen in the eight years that I've been doing this and how it started is not where it is right now. How it will continue to grow and evolve will not stay here. You know, So I think being able to allow yourself to exist as you are right now and what feels right in a moment 
and always be open to the pivot because I think where I was, and I'll, I'll use a personal experience for this, where I was when I started this business was at the thick of my own grief mm-hmm. and where I am now, eight years later, how I've evolved. My mm-hmm. business has evolved with me because I'm not there anymore. I hold space for that. But in order for me to grow as a human, as a woman, as a friend, as a, as a person, I've had to do deeper work and I've brought that into my business too. So I think if I force myself to stay, this is what it is. And I allowed some rigidity there. I don't think the business would have evolved and it would have felt out of alignment for me. I absolutely agree with that because I have found with my own business, it's evolved over the years. What I started out doing in the beginning, it's still along the same lines, but I also have, yeah, but also as I have, um, you know, become comfortable, more comfortable with my own queerness and stuff like that. I find that the later in life community, although there will always be a piece of my business, I'm now looking to do more. I am like saying, I want to work with people who did what I did, you know, create a business from um, a life transforming experience who have the background. You know, I, you know, I, I want to work with people that have the background, like have the human services therapist coach background, because Um, my goal is not to teach you how to do that. (laughs) My goal is when you come here, you, you know how to do that. You know how to, because like, as, as you know, you know, most like the time we spend in actually teaching and coaching and, and being with our folks, it's probably maybe 10 hours a week. The rest of the time is promotion and marketing and going on whatever your social media of choice is. that's where you spend a lot of your time. And so, because it's, 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 you have to market yourself. You have to get comfortable with visibility. You have to become comfortable saying, Hey, I am Angela and I do this and letting people know you do this. And, And that sometimes takes a while because how I'm visible now versus how I was visible in the beginning it's like light yeah. years away. Yeah. And doesn't it, doesn't it reflect like where you were maybe on your journey too? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, absolutely. What, yeah. 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 And the only thing is, is that like, like you, I had a professional background and I had a skills background and I also come from a background of ministry in which, you know, you, mm-hmm. you're supposed to be modest and you're not supposed to uh, toot your own horn and you're not supposed to, um, you know, you're not supposed to put yourself out there in a way. And so like, I had to overcome all that to be able to get to the place now where it's like, Hey, I do this, but now I'm also doing this. So it's been quite a journey, but it's been really fun. And I don't think I could ever work for another person again. No, that's not even an option. <laughs> <laughs> that isn't an option. Shitty. I need a t-shirt. I'm going to start selling this. as a shitty employee. That's, it. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's me. but excellent entrepreneur. (laughs) uh, Yeah. And, and I, because I'm willing to fail, I'm willing to learn, I'm willing to just dust it off. And I, I I love what you've said too, about, you know, being that humble humility part Mm -hmm. that you learned that, that millennial deference. Mm -hmm. And I also think it goes into other generations too, but I think that deference of like, you know, acquiesce, just give in, make your presence small, especially as women, not to disturb the patriarchy, not to disturb the things that be. And, and, and 
I think the more you can shed that and step fully into yourself, like, and I hate the word unapologetic. I really do. And people are like, oh, you're unapologetically yourself. It assumes that I should have something to apologize for. I have nothing to apologize for. I am fine. I'm great as is period full stop. There's no, like, I should be doing this, but I don't. So that's what makes me a badass. No, I don't, I don't really believe in that. So I think when we're talking about doing this, you know, moving forward in your business, especially if you want to do something that involves this emotional, spiritual component, mm-hmm. it's you have to keep checking in with yourself and your own growth so that you can continue to show up in deeper ways for your clients, for your business, so that your business will evolve and grow too. But that deference is really tough to shed. It is like, I am in a constant practice. Of it. Well, that's a feminine, I mean, that's a, that is as women. Yep. That is how we have been trained to be. Mm-hmm. That's where the grooming Absolutely. comes in, actually. <laughs> the grooming comes, you know, how they always say that yes. about their folks. The grooming comes, yeah, you know, actually the heterosexual, compulsory heterosexual, um, heterosexuality is where I was groomed. You know, it's, 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 and it's for women, especially we are groomed to put others before ourselves. And, and you know, the thing is people think, because of all the advances and changes that have been made that that's all gone now. It is so not gone. We are trained to put other people's needs before our own. We're trained, if we come from a super religious background or a very conservative background, we're often trained to be very quiet and not let have our opinions known. Um, There is a lot of things that we have to work out as women to like sort of punch through the, uh, the patriarchy for, you know, yeah. I'm trying to think of another metaphor, but it's really punching through the patriarchy before we can even begin to see ourselves and realize who we are, because those yeah. expectations on as that we have as women have been put on us by so many people, not only our families, but the society and in, in, at large. And so when you're living outside the margins of what society expects, it is incredibly empowering, but it's also incredibly scary too. That's why everybody yeah. needs to come and rage it out. And shitty t-shirt too. Fuck the patriarchy, rage it out. There, there yes, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> We're going to start a t-shirt business. I think we do. I think we need yeah. an Etsy shop business number two, little side hustle over here. Yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> so, Angela Gentile, how can people find you? Oh, you can find me on the Instagram at sweat remix. And you can also find me on TikTok. This is new for me. We are new to the TikTok. <laughs> but you said it's so funny because you're saying the Instagram. I know, I know. It's funny. I'm like like an old person. The, the tea, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm on TikTok. Um, yeah, so you can find me there. Those are my two most used social medias where I'm the most active. And, engaging. and um, and you, your website is I've yep, seen it. Sweat, yep sweatremix.com shoot me an email I got lots of fun things happening on the website always launching offers and courses and yeah all right well and Angela thank you so much for spending this half an hour with me it was great to talk to you you too I feel like we could do like a part two whenever we're ready <laughs> when we launch our t-shirt company that's it that'll be it <laughs> thank you so much for having me You've been listening to Queer Business Success, the podcast that highlights LGBTQIA businesses. New episodes are published regularly on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, 
and other listening platforms. Wherever you're listening, take a moment to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Are you an entrepreneur who's also queer? Want to share some of your wisdom and experience with the rest of us? We'd love to have you on the show. Just click the link in the show notes to apply to be a guest. Until next time, queer friends and allies, keep taking care of business.